everyone. Welcome to Knowledge for College. My name is Juliana Arnold and I'm here with Dr. Yarbra Peoples, who was recently uh, appointed as our Chief Program Officer here at College Advising Corps. And we're really excited to have her here and speak with her and learn a little bit more about her background and what brought her to her work in college access. Um, good morning, Yarbra. Good morning. I just thought I'd give you guys all a little bit of a rundown of Yarbra's background and experience. Um, Yarbra is not new to College Advising Corps. Um, most recently, Yarbra has served as Senior Director East for the program team, guiding and supporting initiatives that expand CAC's reach and deepen its impact across eight states in the Southeast and Northeast. And then prior to joining College Advising Corps, Yarbrough helped launch and lead University of Georgia's partnership with College Advising Corps. Before that, she started her career as an assistant director for the TRIO Student Support Services program at Florida State University, supporting first-generation students through graduation and career preparation. And she later served as senior assistant director of admissions and alumni relations to the University of Georgia. So Yarbra received her PhD in higher education from the University of Georgia's Institute of Higher Education. She has a master's degree in higher education from Florida State University and a bachelor's degree in business management and an MBA from Florida A&M University. That's quite a mouthful. Congratulations, <laughs> Yarbra, quite accomplished. So we are just so excited to have you in this new role as chief program officer. Um, you bring so much to the table and um, it's, you know, um, really, really want to better understand maybe to start off with um, when you developed this passion for helping underserved students enroll in post-secondary education. When did this become, you know, your, your obviously been a focus of your, your entire career and like, was it kindled in your youth? Did it take shape? Like as you pursued your own post-secondary opportunities, maybe you could shed some light on that. I think people will be interested in understanding your story. Yeah, so um, I thought, uh, thinking about my path and what kind of got me here, um, it's interesting. Uh, informally, I'd probably say it started when I was in high school. Um, so I was an international baccalaureate student, which is a program for for kind of academically advanced students. And so yeah, and that is like that the IB program. They're becoming more popular now. But yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yes, so I was in um, a program at St. Petersburg High School and um, one of very few African-Americans in that program. And in fact, I think there were only nine um, the year that I was a student in that program. Um, but one of the things that I recognized as I was beginning my kind of college preparation um, experience was the amount of help and support that I received from my school counselor. Um, and so our school counselor was there for us along the way. We got individual help. We had group meetings. We had meetings with our families talking to us about our different options and the scholarships that were available. We used to actually get scholarships delivered to our English class um, when I was a junior and a senior. And so there were all of these opportunities almost being handed to those of us that were in this specific program. And I would find that I'd head to lunch after my English class, have a list of scholarships and then ask some of my friends that weren't in the program, had they seen the list or had they applied or were they having conversations with their counselors? Uh -huh. And I was finding that this wasn't happening. Yeah. And, and I didn't understand why at first. I was like, well, well, I don't understand. I, even when I look on some of the um, the schools listed in, in on this list, some of you all could 
apply to these schools, you get these scholarships. And I found that this was not only happening to my friends in high school, but those that I was in extracurriculars with, those that went to my church. And so, you know, and me wanting to be, I'm a solutions oriented person. I, started, I created my own little packet. Uh, so as, as I was learning things, I created like a document that had some of the information that I was receiving and I would share it with friends. I shared it at church. Anytime someone was having that conversation, I shared it and I kept it for years. By the time I was in college. Oh, wait, you started I, this work way back before. <laughs> I didn't tell that's what this was. I was just like, this isn't fair. Other people deserve the opportunity. Yeah. Um, to at least know about the options that they have. Um, now, when I went to college, I was a business major. So I wasn't really thinking about a career in education, but graduate school actually led me back. Um, and my graduate assistantship was in um, the Center for Academic Retention and Enhancement at Florida State University. And so this, this unit at the university housed all of the pre collegiate and collegiate programs that supported college access and completion for first generation and low income students. And so it was there in a graduate assistantship working with the TRIO program that I really began to understand all of the challenges and roadblocks, not just the ones that I was thinking of that existed for students that don't come from families where others have attended college or they don't have resources and supports or they weren't in special programs where those resources and supports were offered to them. And so um, it just, I am a justice-minded person. It didn't seem fair to me yeah. and I wanted to be a part of the solution. And so while initially I, I stepped foot into the whole higher education sphere, simply thinking about one day wanting to be a university president, my heart really started tugging and pulling me into wanting to be a part of helping students, particularly those that are underserved in their pathway to opportunity. And so that's what's led me here. Ultimately, when I pursued my PhD, that's when the University of Georgia's chapter was starting with College Advising Corps. And that began my story with CAC. And that's just how it all like came together and aligned. Right, know? exactly. Curious to understand how when you started out back in high school, knowing that you had these, you know, all these opportunities in front of you and you would share it with other people that didn't, what was their response when they were like, you know, when you would be like, hey guys, did you know, like, look at this, were they like, well, where'd you get that? How'd that happen? You know, right. So, so a lot of them were, I mean, were kind of offended, right? Like, why, why weren't they given that opportunity? And so, and so I would suggest to them at the time, I don't think I knew that it was advocacy, but I would say, you need to go talk to your counselor. You need to ask about this. And I even asked my, my counselor, um, I said, well, why, why isn't everybody getting this? I didn't realize that other students weren't getting this. Not even students that were in um, advanced placement classes or honor classes were getting this kind of service where things were brought to them, right? And so um, it is, it's, you know, it mimics so many things today where those already with resources and advantage are often given things um, to help them yeah, in their no, process, definitely. right? And the students that need it more often are struggling um, to decipher their way or find their way through loads of information and confusing process and things of that nature. And so, I mean, there was definitely kind of like a pause and a lack of understanding, but then there was also kind of this assumption that, well, that's, that's because you're an ID, right? You know, and I was just like, well, yeah, but that still isn't fair. I mean, just because I'm in right, ID right. doesn't that mean that, me to... that someone couldn't deliver something to the classroom next door if they delivered it to mine. Right. Well, right. And I think that comes back to kind of the work that our advisors do. 
Absolutely. that they are looking not just to help the kids that are at the top 20% of their class, but kids at all levels and what's the right fit for them. You know, it may not be getting, ending up getting their PhD, you know, from the right. University of Georgia, but they're providing tons of opportunities, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Like about our advisors and, you know, just that kind of the approach that, that they take and, and the training they get to do that? Definitely. I mean, it's the thing that really attracted me to the model at CAC, right? Having had that experience, even though I was one of those that was advantaged, I recognized at that point that this was not something that was fair and how important it is that we support all students with their path. Everyone isn't going to want to go to a four-year institution or go on to get a PhD, but every single student should have the opportunity to sit side by side with something, with someone and discuss their options. And that's what our advisors provide. I mean, they, they provide so much. It's like looking at the mirror at yourself a few years older for many of our students. They're looking at someone who maybe even went to the same high school as them or from the from a rival high school, right. who was in the same neighborhoods, did some of the same extracurriculars, maybe even had some of the same worries and concerns and the same family dynamics, who was able to find their way to opportunity. And for some of them that started at a community college or a technical college, and then they navigated their way to a four-year institution. But, but it's really important to have someone who reminds you of yourself, who understands where you're coming from, even if that's just from the perspective of being from the same generation, listening to the same music, yeah, right? Yeah, someone, yeah. someone who gets yeah. it, <laughs> right? Someone who gets it, who sits down and has um, a conversation with you and, and is able to say, I mean, I was just here. Like I, I was just four years ago in your shoes, not sure what I wanted to do, not sure where I wanted to go, not sure if I could do anything. And look at me now. And for so many of our students, that gives them the inspiration they need to try. I mean, that's the thing that we don't talk about enough is that there's so many steps before an application. Some of it is just believing that you can do a thing. And so often it's someone that is that reminds you of yourself to say like, yes, I didn't have it figured out either. I was sitting in Mrs. Jones class, twiddling my thumbs, not right. sure, you know, not sure of how to do this. Or I got my first, you know, scores on my SAT and it wasn't great. And right. I didn't know what my options were going to be. And I had to take some steps back and try again. And so for me, that's always been important. And the fact that um, our program isn't a cohort model, it allows our advisors and it, it, it empowers our advisors to go out to touch every student. So not just the students who are high achieving and already on this post-secondary pathway, but those that sometimes are hiding from you because they're afraid, right? <laughs> so our advisors are going, they're going to classrooms. They're also going to basketball and football games. They're meeting people in the gym, they stand outside when students are getting in, getting on a bus. <laughs> I mean, they're going to do what they can to find a student. They're going to utilize innovation. They're going to utilize all of the skills they have of connection and engagement um, with young people to really say, like, we're at least going to have a conversation. I'm going yeah, to at least no. talk to you about what's, the what's available that I've to heard me. are phenomenal, especially during these past three years where things have just been so up in the air for everyone. I mean, the the links and the creativity that they've used to get in touch with students, they're relentless. They're they're not giving up, which is amazing. And that's what our those students need is someone who's just Absolutely. not going to give up on them. So it's really powerful. Thank you. That was great. That was great. So now looking at this role coming in, you know, in this in this leadership role at College Advising Corps. I mean, 
what are you hoping to accomplish in this role or what would you like to see for the organization and you in this role? You bring so much to the table with your background and experience and that was so interesting hearing all about it, but what kind of challenges do you hope to address in the next few years? Right, so I think one of the first things that that's really on the table for all of us is this transition into the new normal and what that what that really looks like for students. And I think, you know, if it's anything that we've learned, um, you know, over the last three years is that um, our students are going to have some different challenges that they're facing and they also have some different interests. And so I think it's important for us to be responsive in the way that we support them and not only them, but also our advisors. Right. So I think it's really important that we begin to think about how we can better support um, social emotional health and um, making sure that people are just in the right space to be able to have these conversations and then re realizing then where our point of coming in and having these conversation begins, right? So a lot of that becomes better partnering with our school counselors to make sure that students are getting receiving the support they need. And then through that partnership, that kind of passing the baton to be able to have that, that really that first conversation about options and opportunities for a student. And so I think we need to do some, um, some, some reflection on what that process looks like a little bit. And I think that's what that's really going to require for all of us is really a lot of listening. And, and really enhancing the partnerships that we have. And so that's our national staff with our program leaders, our program leaders with our advisors, and our program leaders and advisors with the school leadership, right? At all these different levels, I think we have to really rethink how we are going to be working together so that we can best support students. I think another thing is, and this just has to do with our um, knowledge base here at CAC, and it's something we're actively working on now, is to really make it much more comprehensive so that it is more inclusive of more post-secondary paths for students. You know, in the last five years, there's been so many new developments in terms of credentialing um, and technical opportunities where students can create these pathways that maybe they lead to college or maybe they just lead to greater opportunities after high school. And so I think it's really important that we ensure that our advisors are learning everything they need to and are able to, to better vet some of these options for students so that they can guide them um, along those kinds of pathways. I think those are probably the most pressing. I think we always have the kind of tried and true conversations around FAFSA that are extremely important right. um, as, you know, the that this year myself I get it I was like you know it is complicated it it's is complicated. not easy. sometimes it's just never ending with the documentation you need to provide right <laughs> absolutely absolutely that verification process can catch up anyone and so that's why it's really important that our advisors are well trained on how to support students through that process. And what's even more important, I think, and a lot of a lot of programs really don't dive into the FAFSA. And that's what a lot of people don't rec recognize. Our advisors are trained um, to be able to go through that um, FAFSA application step-by-step step with student and parent. And that is an extremely important investment of time. And so what's really important for us is to make sure that we are providing the best comprehensive training that we can in that particular area and to see if there are um, technologies and innovations that exist to make that easier, right? So as we hope 
with lots of hope and good positive energy that the federal government makes some of the changes that are continuously being discussed about making that process easier. But in the meantime, we have to support the students that we're working with today to make sure that they have better access to the funding, particularly if you know um, these initiatives like Double the Pell and things like that come to pass. We want our students to be able to have access to this funding to make their post-secondary opportunities uh, much more of a possibility. When I think about overall our challenges, um, you know, our the students that are transitioning now have have had a really interesting high school experience, and they're going into college at a really in a really different way than even our advisors, <laughs> right, entered college and had that experience. And so I think some of our challenges are going to be learning how to kind of level set and work with students on setting expectations and managing what the new normal in higher education Meeting looks like. Meeting them where they are. You know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, I mean, I think there's some learning and some listening that has to happen here. And I think that that's a really big part of being able to, to grow and to progress. Um, and so I look forward to that opportunity. I know that one of the strengths of CAC is the network that we have. And so our program leaders all of, over the country are learning different things in their states. They're connected to college access networks. They're connected to these amazing universities. And so they're hearing a lot of things from the ground. So they understand state policy and state financial aid. And then they're able to bring that back and, and support our national initiatives to better support all of our advisors. And, and so- I think that's critical given that we are all over the country, you know, absolutely. that we are, that the way that our systems are set up you know, state by state, there's so many things that are varying in policy and programming and funding and all of this. So exactly, very interesting to see it across the board and how it affects national policy and the work that we're doing. So you sit in a very important role and uh, we're so happy and thrilled to have you in this position and lead us into the future. So I just want to thank you, Yarbra, for taking the time today. We're really excited. And um, yeah, it was great chatting with you. Great, great opportunity. Thank you so much for inviting me. CAC has meant so much to me since 2008 when I first heard about the idea at the University of Georgia. Um, I have worked with this program in different capacities since 2009 when we had our first um, our first group of advisors, of four advisors at the University of Georgia. It is really um, kind of an honor for me to have the chance to, to lead this amazing program, department, um, and to work with our programs to ensure that we're supporting our advisors and supporting students, because this is all about opportunities for them. So um, I look forward to the work that we will continue to do together. And I thank you for the opportunity to talk about it today. Thanks, Yarbrough. It's wonderful. Okay, take care. Have a good International Women's Day. Thank you. You do the same. Okay, bye. Talk bye, -bye. to you later.